be here with you this morning. If you're visiting with us, uh, know why I'm not uh, Dr. Benny Tate and don't claim to be. So please come back next week and so you can hear from our pastor. But uh, just be patient with me and I, I just pray the, the Lord will do a work uh, in our lives this morning. But it is an honor to be with you this morning. I, um, I think we've got the greatest church in America. I don't say that lightly. Yes, you, you it's because we got the greatest people in America. And uh, you guys, I, I love you, and it is uh, an honor to serve the Lord alongside each of you uh, at Rock Springs Church. And I, um, I, I thought, you know, that if, there's, if there's one verse the Lord may fulfill this morning, um, it, it may be that the, uh, uh, the foolish confound the wise, okay? So that may be the only one, but uh, listen, just uh, bear with me for just a few minutes, and I want to share with, with you what the Lord has placed on my heart. But before I do, um, by, the, by the way, my name's Daryl. Woodruff, I'm a small groups pastor here at Rock Springs. And speaking of names, I, I, I heard about this guy that um, he was trying to finish college. And, and he had been four years, and he got to the, the end of the fourth year, and he was getting ready to graduate, and he found out, discovered that he, had, he needed one more class to graduate. So he went to his guidance counselor, and he said, Look, I, I've, I've worked hard for four years. I've been a good student. I've tried to tried to excel in every area. He said, but I'm ready to get out of this place. I, I'm ready to go to work. I'm ready to move on with my life. Can you recommend a class that, that I won't have to do so much studying in? It won't be, uh, it won't t- take so much of my time. Maybe I can breeze through it. It's my last class. He said, well, the, the guy that's kind of said, yeah, I've, I've got one I recommend for you. It's Zoology 101. And there's a professor, and he's getting up in age, and and uh, and he's getting ready to retire. And and I don't ever remember him uh, failing any student. If you'll just go to the class and do your work, uh, you'll be fine. You'll get an A or a B, and and uh, you'll be able to graduate. I said, sign. He said, sign me up. So he did, and uh, uh, over the summer, sure enough, the 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 uh, professor retired. In comes a new professor. Straight out of graduate school, chip on his shoulder, something to prove. A week into the class, this is what he does. He throws a picture of some bird legs up on the screen. And he says, okay, what I need you to do is name that bird. Name it. Tell me what the phylum is, the classification. By the way, this is a test, and you'll have three like this this quarter. This counts for one-third of your grade. Well, the guy closes his notebook up in his book and gets up to head out. He said, he said, wait a minute, where are you going, sir? Uh, I, I, he said, I, 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 this is ridiculous. You're wanting me to name that bird by looking at his legs. Yes, sir. Well, I, I'm done. You can take my name off the roster. He said, well, okay, what is your name? He said, well, you tell me. Said, <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't really happen, by the way, so... It is an honor to be with you this morning. I want to talk to you about this subject, windows or mirrors, windows or mirrors. Every day in life, we have a choice of whether we're going to be a window person or we're going to be a mirror person. Well, Brother Darrell, tell me the difference. What's the difference between a window person and a mirror person? A mirror person chooses 
to look in the mirror and and see only themselves, their, their wants, their needs, their dreams, their ambitions, their problems, their lives, while a, a window person chooses to see others and, and is concerned about their needs, concerned about their dreams, concerned about their hurts, concerned about their pain. See, a, a window person will be an outward-focused person someone who's sensitive to the needs of others, while a mirror person will be someone that may be more uh, inward-focused and concerned about their own lives. Window people uh, tend to be humble people, while a, a mirror person may, may allow pride or ego to control their decisions. Window people will be generous. They'll be givers. Uh, mirror people may not be such so generous, may be a little bent towards selfishness. Window people are compassionate. They care about others, while mirror people tend to be blind or, or don't see the needs around them uh, as well. Window people tend to be self-sacrificing, and, and, and mirror people tend to be more self-seeking. And I know you're sitting there saying, well, bless God, I know some mirror people. Yeah, I know some mirror people. Well, listen, folks, the fact is there is some mirror in every single one of us, including myself. There's some mirror in every single one of us. We're born with a sin nature that, that's bent towards selfishness. I mean, you don't have to teach a child to say mine, Right? We're, we're, we're bent towards being self-centered and, and concerned about it. I read a study that, that 86% of the time we think about ourselves. It's, it's, it's about us. We all have some mirror in us. And, you know, I, God, is, um, God has dealt with me over and over and is doing all he can to teach me in this area to be more of a window person and not so much a mirror person concerned about my needs and what I what I'm going to get or or, or, or the, what's going on in my life, but to be concerned about the needs and of others, even to the point of um, uh, just the other day, my wife sent me to the store to pick something up, and and uh, I came back in and my, my my jeans were tore. I had a had a I had a skin up right knee. My, my, my left arm was, the sleeve was tore. My hair was messed up. She said, what in the world happened to you? I said, well, you know, Wendy, I've been trying to be a, a, mirror, a window person. I'm trying to, to get my eyes off myself and help, some, help people. And, and I came upon this, this lady downstairs, this elderly lady downtown was standing on the street corner. And I said, I'm going to stop and I'm going to help her cross the street. I'm going to help her get across the street. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my good deed for the day. I'm going to help her. And she said, well, what happened? I said, well, I helped her across the street. And she said, well, how in the world did you get like this? I said, she didn't want to go. So, <laughs> I tried. I'm trying. The Lord's working in me, uh, on me in this area. That's enough of the foolishness. We'll, we'll move on to the, to the message. Uh, one of the greatest examples, guys, one of the greatest examples of a group of window people that I know, and the Bible's full of window people, but one of the greatest examples I know is from the book of Acts. Chapter 2, it's the new church. It's the New Testament church where God birthed the church uh, at Pentecost. 
And uh, it's Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through 47. Will you stand with me for just a moment? Let's just want to share three verses of Scripture with you real quick. We'll get right back in the message. But Acts 2, verses 44 through 47. Uh, it's on the screens there. And all the and this is the Living Bible translation, so even I can understand it. Um, but And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything with each other, selling their possessions and dividing with those in need. Verse 46 says, they worshiped together regularly at the temple and at the, each day, met in small groups in homes for communion and shared their meals with great joy and thankfulness. And then verse 47 says, praising God, the whole city was favorable to them, and each day God added to them all who were being saved. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, I love you. Lord, I just simply ask that your Holy Spirit would have free reign in this place. Add your blessings to the reading of your word. God, hide me behind the cross. God, speak to the hearts of your people. And Lord, we'll give you glory for all that you do because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Folks, this, uh, these, these people, this church, this group of people were window people. They, they were concerned about the needs of others. They were concerned about spiritual needs. They were concerned about physical needs. They were willing to share everything they had. And folks, they were willing to sell all their possessions and come and divide it among those who had need. Now listen, I, I'm not telling you to do that, but hey, the new, the new church, the New Testament church, the way God created the church, folks, they set a high bar for you and I. They set a high bar for you. I believe the Lord was saying right from the very beginning, it's, it's about others. Don't, don't get in the church and think it's all about, all about you and, and, and what the, just those few around you. It's about others. This organization does exist for those who aren't here yet. And, and that's, that's what the Lord was, I believe, trying to show us right from the beginning. See, folks, they, they, they lived out Philippians 2, verse 3, 3 and 4. It simply says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Folks, God is saying, stop looking at the mirror and start looking out the window. It's not just about you. Folks, it's about an attitude of humility. And, and, and humility is, is not thinking less of yourself. It's simply thinking of yourself less. It's an outward focus. It's an outward attitude of, that I'm going to do what I can to, to help those around me. I'm going to look for people who have needs, and I'm going to do everything I can to meet those needs. I'm going to love on people. It's, it's about an attitude of humility. Jesus, folks, Jesus was the epitome of a window person. His whole life, his whole ministry, his whole focus, his whole purpose, folks, was about others. If you could, if you could narrow his, his ministry down to one word, it would have to be others. He came for others. He came for you and I. He was willing to be so selfless that he was willing to die on a cross, not for anything he had done, but because to pay for our sins, mine and yours. The epitome of a window person, someone who's, who cares and is concerned about others. Folks, it's the heart of God that you and I are window people. It's the heart of God that you and I are window people. You remember what Jesus said when, uh, when the gentleman asked him what was the greatest commandment that had been given thus far? You remember what he said? Everybody remembers those verses. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. But then he says something very interesting. The second's like it. In other words, there's another one just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Folks, I still believe that those are a top priority for God. That's what he wants for us. He wants us to love our neighbor as ourselves. God has called us, folks. I'm convinced he has called us to be window people. Two observations real quick and we'll move on. First, and, and I, I don't like to say this, but um, it's, it's reality. Folks, the, the world's full of mirror people. The world is full of mirror people. 1 John 2 verse 16 says this, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. Folks, there are so many in our world today that have an eye problem. It's all about what I want what I need, what am I going to accomplish, where am I going to live, what am I going to drive, what about my dreams, it's an eye problem. And folks, God's called us to be different. He's called us to, to, to be concerned about the needs of other people and not to conform to this world, but the Bible says we're to, we're to, be, we're to be conformed to the image of his son. We're to be more like Jesus and I say all that to say, folks, if that's who we're called to be and we, we realize the world that we, we're in, folks, we're going, to be, we're going to be swimming upstream. If you choose to be a window person the way God wants you to, wants you to be, you, it's, you're going to be going against the grain. You're going to have to be different. I'm going to have to be different. It's going to take courage. It's going to take courage for us to get our eyes off ourselves and be willing to do for others, be willing to love others, be willing to care for others. When this world is screaming, take care of number one. Folks, the world is full of mirror people, and we'll have to be different if we're going to be window people. Secondly, there are always people outside your windows. There are always people outside your windows. Your windows. Let me read you a uh, little short devotion, uh, part of a devotion that, that Rick Warren sends out. It's called the, uh, daily, the Daily Hope. It's a great little devotion, email devotion that he sends out. Uh, he's talking about the Good Samaritan. He said, the Good Samaritan did what he could with what he had at that particular moment. Proverbs 3, verse 27 and 28, never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. Never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. The world is full of, the world is full of wounded people. Do you ever wonder how many people you walk by every day who are wounded? Maybe they're not wounded physically, maybe, but they're, they're wounded emotionally. They, they're wounded spiritually. They're wounded financially, and they need your love. They need your kindness. Don't wait for better conditions. Don't wait until it's more convenient. Don't put off what you know you should do for someone today. God will be with you as you seize the moment. Folks, there are hurting people all around us who need love, who need encouragement, who need hope, who need reassurance, who maybe need a second chance. 
You know what they need? All those things. You know what they need? The same thing God gives us. The same thing God gives us. Colossians 3 verse 12 tells us, Since God chose you to be holy people uh, he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. There are people all around us that God would have us to impact for him if we could just get our eyes off of ourselves. See, they need us today. How many times have we saw a need or heard about a need and thought, you know, I'll do something about that tomorrow? They'll still have that need tomorrow. Folks, I'm the world. I, I'm, I'm more guilty of that than any of you. But God needs us to do something today. God wants, us to, to use, wants to use us today. Folks, there are, pe- there are always people outside your windows. So let's talk about it just for a few minutes this morning. Why choose windows over mirrors? Mainly, what happens when we choose to be window people? What, what happens when we choose to get our eyes off of ourselves and, 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 and take an interest in other people? Folks, what's so amazing is there's some supernatural things that will happen in our life. There's some supernatural things that will happen in your life if you'll take your eyes off yourself for a little while and, and, and be outward focused and look to the interest of others. First, when do people find fulfillment? Window people find fulfillment. Every one of us want to experience fulfillment in life. A a feeling of significance that that our lives matter, and the Bible tells us how to find it. Acts 20, verse 35 says this, And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. When we begin to get our eyes off of ourselves and begin looking for ways to be a blessing to others, to give of ourselves to others, our time, our talent, our treasure, our testimony, that's when we'll find fulfillment. Folks, if we could ever understand and we could ever grasp that it's not about the getting, it's about the giving. The significance of fulfillment is found in what we give and, and the time we spent that we, when we're giving, not what we're getting. When do people find fulfillment? Luke, Luke 12, verse 15 says this, And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Oh, folks, if we could just get that. See, Jesus taught, Jesus came not, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. God wants us to serve people, whether it be at church, whether it be at work, whether it be in our neighborhood, whether it be in our own family. He, he wants us to serve people. He wants us to be window people. And folks, when we do, when we choose to get our eyes off ourselves, and begin genuinely caring about the needs of those around us and then doing something about it, you'll find fulfillment. It'll be automatic. Give it a try. If you're searching for significance and fulfillment in your life, which, hey, we all want, 
Do something for somebody else. Go make a difference for somebody else. You'll find it. Because window people find fulfillment. There's a second thing that window people uh, will discover. Not only do window people find fulfillment, window people discover encouragement. Window people discover encouragement. I heard about a guy that uh, uh, had a strange way of encouraging his uh, his wife said an elderly couple was, were driving across the country and a woman was driving when she got pulled over by the highway patrol. And the officer said, ma'am, do you know you were speeding? And the woman was very hard of hearing. She turned to her husband and asked, what did he say? The old man yelled, he, he says you were speeding. The patrolman said, may, may I see your license? The woman turned to her husband once again and said, what did he say? The old, woman, old man said, yeah, he wants to see your license. The woman gave the officer her license. The patrolman then said, I see you're from Arkansas. I spent some time there once, went on a blind date with the meanest, ugliest woman I have ever seen. The woman turned to her husband and asked, what did he say? The old man yelled, he thinks he knows you. <laughs> it's not the kind of encouragement I want you to find. Galatians 6, that didn't happen either, by the way. Galatians 6 and 2 simply says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The Bible's very clear that we're, as God's people, are to support one another. We're to bear one another's burdens. We're to care about one another. We're to pray for one another. We're to love one another. We're to encourage one another. And especially in the difficult times, and 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 be a, a minister to one another, to be window people, and folks, when we do something supernatural, will happen in our own hearts. Proverbs eleven verse twenty five says this: simply says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Whoever refreshes others will be. Refreshed. When we seek to encourage and help others, we will discover that we will find encouragement ourselves. Folks, it's, it's the flower principle. Anytime you give flowers to someone else, it always leaves a sweet fragrance in your hand. Folks, when we, when we genuinely care about others, we genuinely want to try to help them and minister to them, you'll find that you'll be encouraged yourself. And see, let me ask you, if you're discouraged this morning, maybe you're going through a, um, a difficult time, and we all do, one of the greatest things you can do, one of the greatest things you can do is find somebody else that's going through a difficult time, that's discouraged, maybe depressed, going through a hard time, and do something to help that person. Encourage them, help them. It'll be amazing what will happen in your own heart. The Bible says, whatsoever a man sows, that he shall also reap. We read that as a warning. But folks, it's also a promise. If we'll just sow goodness, if we'll sow, sow love, if we'll sow care, if we'll sow ministry, folks, that's what we'll get back. We'll get that back. God will make sure we get it back. It may not be from the person that we're sowing into, but God will make absolutely sure that we experience it. Why? Because his word's truth, and he cannot lie. Folks, window people discover encouragement. 
Folks, if you need encouragement yourself, one of the greatest things you can do today is find somebody else that needs encouragement. And folks, listen, back to the fact that there, there are people all outside our windows. Folks, you won't have to look far. You won't have to look far to find someone going through a difficult time. If you just, just invest your life into them, it'll be amazing what will happen in your own heart. Thirdly, not only do window people find fulfillment, not only do window people discover encouragement, thirdly, window people experience God's blessing. Window people experience God's blessing. When we choose to bless others, God chooses to bless us. When you and I choose to be a blessing to other people, God will bless us. Listen to these verses. Psalms 41 and 1 simply says, blessed are those who have regard for the weak. Matthew 5 and 7, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. James 4 and 6, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. See, we can choose to be mirror people and seek only to bless ourselves or we can choose to be window people and open the door for God to bless us in a supernatural way. And folks, he can do so much better job than we can. He can do so. I just wonder how many, how many blessings I've forfeited in my own life because I was trying to bless myself. When if I'd have just been obedient, been concerned about somebody else, invested in their life, been a blessing to them, there's no telling what, how, how many blessings I've forfeited in my own life. Just being transparent with you. God blesses us when we choose to bless other people. We look in the mirror and try to bless ourselves when the greatest blessing is outside that window. We look in the mirror many times and try to bless ourselves when God's saying, if you'll just look out, if you'll just be a blessing to other people, I'll bless you more than you can imagine. The early church discovered this. They, they got it, had it figured out. Verse 47 again in, uh, in Acts simply said, praising God, the whole city was favorable to them. The whole city. And each day God added to them all who were being saved. God built his church. God sent more people. Why? Because they loved people. They cared about people. They were willing to put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. They were willing to sell their, their possessions. They were willing to do whatever it took to be a blessing to people. And God richly blessed them. Folks, when do people experience God's blessing? God will bless us if we choose to bless others. Think about this. You know the life of Job, how he lost everything, you know? Um, but do you remember at which point God began to bless him tremendously? Do you remember that? It's when he began to start praying for his friends. I, I, even though he had been through uh, what no other human being has ever been through, he it came to a point where he was willing to get his eyes off himself and begin to pray for his friends. And, and I could just say, so God say, that's, that's what I was looking for, Job. That's what I was looking for. And God blessed him abundantly because he got his eyes off himself and began being concerned for other people. 
And listen, I, I, I truly believe this, folks. I truly believe this. I believe God has blessed Rock Springs Church so abundantly, so much, because we genuinely want to be a blessing to other churches. I believe that. Every month we bless them financially. I don't know how many revivals and trainings that, that, that Pastor Benny's done in, in, over the years for other churches, trying to help them grow and reach people for the kingdom. We invest in other churches, and, and I, I truly believe that God, God honors that and blesses us, continues to open doors, continues to provide, continues to save souls, continues to build the church here because we have, 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 have made an intentional effort to be a blessing to other churches. Same way with Pastor Benny. I'm convinced that God has his hand on him and is blessing him in such a tremendous way and blessing his ministry. Why? Because he cares about other pastors, spends hours and hours and days and days helping other pastors, training them, helping them with resources, investing in them. God honors that and blesses his ministry. It'd be easy just to sit here and try to focus on, on Rock Springs. There's, believe me, there's enough going on around here to occupy his time and, and what we're doing. But he chooses to invest in other churches and other pastors, and I'm convinced that's why God continues to bless Rock Springs Church. The same thing will happen in our personal lives. I believe that because it's God's Word. It's his principles. Folks, when do people experience God's blessing. Lastly, this morning I'm done. When do people find fulfillment? They discover encouragement. They experience God's blessings. Lastly, when do people change lives? When do people change lives? When we get our eyes off of ourselves and begin to look for ways to be a blessing to others, God will do the supernatural through us and change lives. Jude chapter 1 verse 23 simply says, and as for the others, help them to find the Lord. How? By being kind to them. By being kind to them. John 13 and 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples. How? If you love one another. If you love one another. When we develop a heart for those around us, God will change lives. God will use window people to change people's lives. Our love for others just may allow them to discover God's love for them. Remember this. Remember this. Um, God will use our hurts to help others if we'll allow him to. God will use our hurts to help others if we will allow him to. Uh, if you're experiencing or, or have been through a, um, a sickness, maybe you've been through cancer or some other, other disease, one of the greatest things God wants you to do is find somebody else that may be dealing with that right now and go and minister to them. The Bible talks about he comforts us so that in a way that we can go comfort others the same way he comforted us. Your, your, your greatest pain may be your greatest ministry. 
Your greatest pain may be your greatest ministry. See, God will use window people who are concerned about the lives of others to change people's lives. Maybe, maybe you've been through divorce. You've dealt with the pain of divorce. You know what God wants you to do? Find somebody that's going through that right now. Pour into their life. Encourage them. Say, look, this is, this is how the Lord helped me through this season in my life, and he'll do the same for you. See, folks, God will use window people. He'll use their hurts to change people's lives. Whose life does God want to change through you? I'm convinced that God puts people in every single one of our paths, out our windows. He wants to use us to help change their lives. But folks, we got to get out in front of the mirror. We got to be willing to say, you know, Lord, you, you, your heart is for other people. Your heart, the very top of your priority list is for me to love you and love those around me. It's amazing what God will do in our lives and through our lives if we'll just get our eyes off ourselves. Let me just share this in closing. I told you at the beginning of all this that, that God is, um, is trying to teach me um, to be a window person. Um, I, he's got a lot of work to do. He's got a lot of work to do. I want to share just a few things that, that he's trying to teach me just in closing. How, how can I become more of a window person? I, I'm not an authority, but I will share with you how I believe he's te- trying to teach me. First, he would have me to pray. Pray. And, and to ask, ask him for his eyes to, to give me um, sensitive spiritual sight so that I can see the people around me that he's placed in my life that he expects me to love on, to care for, to minister to. So I, I, I know he wants me to start with praying. And secondly, he, I believe he would have me to slow down. walk through the, cl- the crowd slowly. You know what? Jesus was never in a hurry. Find it. It's not in there. He's never in a hurry. Sometimes we get in such a hurry. We miss the people God's put in our path because we fly right by them. He, he would have me slow down. Third, look around. They're there. They're there. Look around and and God will, again, he's put hurting people in our lives. Fourth, real quickly, be willing to be interrupted. It'll it'll never be a, a convenient thing. It'll never be, well, I'll just stop by there on the way to the house. I'm going that way anyway. No, it'll be the middle of the night. Somebody hurt. It'll be, it'll be when you think you don't have resources to cover your own bills that, that God will call you, call you to, to help somebody else. Are you willing to be interrupted? Are you willing to be interrupted to allow God to use you as a window person? And then lastly, 
don't wait. He's teaching me not to wait. Do something now. Folks, procrastination is the death of kindness. I've got the certificate on the wall. Uh, Problem is I have to keep learning this lesson. Procrastination is the death of kindness. When God shows me the opportunity, I need to seize the moment, do something now, and don't put it off. Folks, it's very clear in God's Word. He's called us to be window people. So will you choose the mirror? Or will you choose the window? Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin. And I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.